Welcome to Do The Damn Show. I am your host, the tatted, the fatted, the one and only Casey Hughes. Let's talk about the holiday season that's on us. That's the whole purpose for the Christmas intro, right? We've been running best of episodes up to this point, and I tell you, I, I was going to do another one this week, but I wanted to come in and cut something that was a little bit more personable walking into this holiday season because few people know that this holiday season is very, very important to me. I always enjoy the time with my family. I always enjoy the time that I have with extended family. I love the gatherings. I love the parties. I don't like the stresses that come with it. You know, there's never enough money. There's never enough damn time. Those things I don't enjoy. But there are some things that I do enjoy. And this year is extra special for me because it was the Friday before Christmas that I decided I finally wrapped my brain around what I was going to do and committed to myself, hey, I'm going to go do the damn show. I'm going to start this podcast. See, I'd reached out, uh, I think it was in November, two years prior to a cousin that had a uh, pretty successful show, and I think she's still doing it to this day. And I was like, hey, what's this podcasting thing all about? And she was like, I do mine in my closet and I use GarageBand. I was like, wow, it's that simple? So I talked to Lance at our family Christmas party, and uh, turns out he was wanting to do something. I was wanting to do something. I said, you know what? I'm just going to do it. So February will actually mark one year of me sitting here talking to you guys and you actually listening. We've had some great guests on the show. We've had a lot of cool stories. We've had a lot of uh, heartfelt times. And I just wanted to tell you something going into this holiday season. A lot of times, you know, we have time off of work. We've got time to sit around and think, eat, and get fat. That's what I've done. Uh, I'm still working on that and remedying that. But we've we've got a lot of time. Sometimes you may find yourself in travel. And I think it's worth pointing and, and noting, I think it's worth pointing out and noting that not everybody's time is filled with fun. Not everybody's time is filled with family. There are a lot of times where people in this time of year is the most darkest and depressing state that they could be in because they don't have anybody or they feel like they don't have anybody. So I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole too deep, but I do want to touch on that because i got two interesting stories that I want to tell with that. But this this episode is more about starting. It's piggybacking off of the last uh, Little Black Box of Life that I did in the sense that we just have to start. You know, I could have taken the time uh, out of my life to go, you know what, I'm not going to do that. Or I could have just continued to talk about it. Or it continued to be a thought in my head going, you know what, I think I really want to do that. And I had definitely had those things like, who the hell is going to listen to me? You know, I don't know anything about podcasting. I don't know anything about getting it out there. I, I know absolutely nothing about it. But what I did is it, took just, it just took one commitment to myself and going, you know what? I'm going to do this. I don't care what it takes. I don't care what I have to do to get there. I'm going to buy what I can buy within my range to do this. Now, Hayden will tell you I live well out of my means. That's why I have a lot of the things that I do. But I'm never going to do anything small. I'm always going to go balls to the wall, 100% out. I want to do it. And that's what I, that was the whole goal was to make a quality podcast so that I could get it. If I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it right. You know, I never did it for notoriety. Uh, I've never done it for, hey, look at me. Quite frankly, I'm still amazed and still astonished at the amount of you that actually listen or that send messages and go, hey, I'm listening because it's more than one. It's more than my beautiful wife listening to it. As a matter of fact, I think you guys listen to it more than she does. You know, it's not my kids telling me, hey, Dad, you did a great job. It's not my coworkers going, hey, man, I really enjoyed that. It's just random people that have picked it up over time. And it all started with a commitment. It started with a commitment to myself. 
It started with a commitment of, I am going to start this process, even though I don't know anything about it. And quite honestly, it's terrifying. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't as terrifying buying the equipment to do it. What was terrifying is after the equipment came in and then realizing I have to talk, I have to get this out there. I don't have a problem speaking. Um, I spent a better part of my life speaking in ignorance. Um, I essentially, I got tired of sounding like an idiot and sounding like a moron. So I began to invest in myself in trying to learn how to speak better. Now I still have, you know, times where the, the Lawrence County comes out and I'm not the most eloquently spoken person in the world. Uh, I can definitely hold my own ground in a room, but it hasn't always been that way. You see, there was a little boy inside for a very, very long period of my time of my life that would constantly hold me back. You would have that voice of going, who wants to hear that? You don't know what you're talking about. You sound like a moron. That's stupid. Or, you know what, that is a good point, but what are you going to do when they ask questions? You can't answer those questions. You're not smart enough. And I found myself over time being in rooms full of people that I put on a pedestal that I didn't even mean to do that. I didn't mean to put them on a pedestal. It was just I felt inferior because of my own imposter syndrome that was inside myself. And I guarantee you, if you're listening to this, you've been in a position to where you have found yourself in the exact same situation or the exact same kind of room. Why would they listen to me? If you haven't, you might need to do a gut check because that's what we call arrogance. I think the uh, little boy inside of us or the little girl inside of us is what keeps us in check. I think it's what keeps us grounded. Uh, there is a one word for that. It is called humble. You know, I still have those things. When I sit down to record or when I sit down to, to interview people or when I sit down to, uh, to put a presentation together for my career or if I'm sitting down to put graphics together, I always have that little boy inside that goes, nobody's going to, you know, I see all the wrong things. You know, when I paint, I see every missed line. When I build something, I see every failure through the process. Well, I've learned over time that nobody actually sees those things. You see, we're all imperfect. You see, we all, we're all born with a certain set of skills. We're all born with a gift. You know, this time of, see, this time of year, this season, we put a lot of focus on gifts, right? What am I going to buy my dad? What am I going to buy my mom? I don't have enough money to buy this for the kids. I don't have this. These kids are going to get better gifts than my kids get. And I don't think we take a whole lot of time diving into understanding what our free gift is. I'm going to let you think about that for a second. We do not spend time diving into what our gift is. You see, it's taken 39 years. I'll be 40 next month, January the 18th, big 4-0. It took 39 years for a man to sit on the other side of a microphone and, and tell you I'm talented. It took 49 or 39, not 49, dear God, thank God it didn't take 49 years. It took 39 years to be able to accept that. And there's a level of confidence that comes with that, that I don't do it for other people to look and see. I do it for myself to go, I can create this. I can do this. I can learn this. I can do these things. And that's where the confidence comes from. Yeah, I posted something the other day. It said, confidence is the content of character. Arrogance is the acceptance of acknowledgement. When you're able to do things in, within your own self, when your integrity is what promotes, begins to help promote your worth inside, that, my friends, is where confidence comes from. You see, but it starts with a movement. I didn't have the confidence walking into 
the laundry room at my house to begin to record podcast episodes with Lance, all I knew how to do was I'm going to make this part of my life. I am going to give this a whirl. I'm going to give this a go. I'm going to try my best to learn something that I have no earthly idea how to do. I talk like a redneck. I sound like a redneck. I sound like I'm from Lawrence County. I have an Alabama twang. Do I have any kind of insight that people would find any kind of worth in to be able to help them get through life? I don't know, but I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to do it anyway. And that started with a conscious decision to start. You know, I love there's a book by John Acuff. It's called Start. And John Acuff says he was a serial quitter. He quit every job that he ever had. Well, friends, I've been a serial quitter. If you could see the track record of ideas or business proposals or business ideas or charitable organizations or events or anything else that has went through my brain, you see about the, the products that you do see is, a, is the tip of the iceberg. It's 10% of the overall view. See, I've quit a lot of things. I've failed at a lot of things. I have made horrible, terrible mistakes in life. But it took all of the failure and it took all of the mistakes to begin to learn and get knowledge and experience in how to move forward. It took all of those to be even begin, it sounds ass backwards, but it took all of those, those failures to go through to be able to have the confidence that I have now in sitting here talking to you today. And it starts with starting. You have to. I don't know what's in your life. I don't know what's plaguing you in your life. I don't know what thing that you've been holding on to. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a career. Maybe it's a hobby. Maybe it is school. Maybe it's a degree. It could be anything and everything in life. Maybe you've always, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell this real quick. I made some lasagna a couple of weeks ago. Tasted great. Didn't hold together. It was like soup. It was like soup because I put way too much in it. But today, I had lasagna from a newer Italian restaurant. It's uh, seriously good Italian food or something like that. It was uh, Saza was the name of the restaurant. It's over by Toyota Field if you're in the Huntsville area. And I ordered lasagna for lunch. And when I got it, I ate it. And it was the most, it was the most delicious lasagna I've ever had in my life. And I said, I was sitting at my desk in my office. And I go, if I could make this, man, the family would really enjoy that. Instead of that shitty lasagna that I made the other day. And I made myself a commitment right there at that desk. I don't know how to make lasagna. I have no idea. I know what it consists of. I know it consists of cheese of various kinds, meat, sauce, and noodles, you know. But this lasagna that I had was actually something extraordinary. It was really good. So I made myself a contract right there at that desk. I said, I'm going to learn how to make a lasagna that I can be proud of. See, it comes off of the failure that I had of making lasagna a few weeks ago and everybody making fun. You know, everybody cleaned their plates. So I do want to point that out. But everybody kind of poking fun that it was soup instead of it, instead of lasagna. It wasn't even pasta at that point. It come off of that failure to eating that today to going, you know what? I can do this. I just have to figure out how to do it. And so one of my life goals now is how to let, how to make a good lasagna, how to make something that's going to make people go, holy crap, man, this is really good. I like this. And I have to do that all the time. All the time. I have different processes. I have different things in my life. I have things that I don't understand that I want to learn how to understand. Right now, I'm trying to teach myself about CapEx and EBITDA. 
If you know what those two are, feel free to email me, Casey at dothedamshow.com. I would love to sit down and have dinner with you so you can begin to help me understand CapEx and EBITDA and how all of this works as far as budgeting and, and spending money effectively, cost-effective savings for running the division and things. Look, I would lo- I'll buy you dinner. I'll buy you dinner. We'll go to Saza. I'll buy you the best lasagna in the world just to have the opportunity to sit down and pick your brain so that I can continue to grow in that aspect of my life. You see, I have all these different processes that I have to start all the time and because I, and I, I, I have this innate ability to grow. I just want to grow all the time. But that stems from somebody who did not grow. That stems from somebody who spent a majority of their life being fearful for the opportunities that was being presented to them. And I know a lot of people that are stuck or they feel like they're stuck because they don't have the right qualifications. They don't have the right degree. They don't have the right track record. They don't have the character. Nobody's going to want to do this. I'm not smart enough. Yada, 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 blah, 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 blah. I'm going to tell you, I came from that, man. You know, I tell people all the time, I came from the trailer hood, dude. Came from the trailer hood. You can take the trailer, you can take the boy out of the trailer park, but you can't take the trailer park out of the boy. I still eat bologna and cheese and crackers and souse meat for dinner sometimes and a bowl of Fruit Loops. I'll never fully get away from that. But that's who I was. I had that mentality of, I, I'm not smart enough to do this. I barely graduated high school, folks. Barely graduated high school. I don't know if this lady's a teacher anymore, uh, so it's not going to be incriminating to her. But some of my classmates from Lawrence County High School, you'll remember this, our, uh, our math teacher my senior year, she went out for some kind of medical leave or something. We have substitute teacher the remainder of the year. And I remember standing at this lady's desk. I don't remember her name. But she called me back to the desk, and she, she quietly and politely told me, she said, Casey, you are not going to pass this semester. You're not going to graduate high school. You're going to have to go to summer school and make this up. And that was a devastating blow. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I have always struggled with math. To this day, I still struggle with math. You need me to build you a pole barn? I can build you a pole barn. You need me to build it on paper and figure out what it's going to look like on paper? I struggle greatly with that. It is, it is I don't know, it's a mental block with this. And that happened to be my math class. And I remember telling this lady, I was like, you don't understand. I've already been accepted to college. I'm moving two weeks from whenever graduation was. I was moved in Houston, Texas. Two or three weeks I was moving to Houston, Texas. I said, I'm the first person in my family to do this. I'm the first person in my family on the male side to go to college. I can't fail. And she said, I'm sorry, there's nothing I can do. I said, look, I'll do anything that I can do to make this, you know, to to change this. And I remember she paused for a minute and she looked down at the book. Now this is gonna this is gonna date me. I'm not that old, but I am old enough to where they still kept grades in a in a in a book and they wrote them in with pencil and pen. And I watched her erase my grade. I watched her erase. I'll never forget this. She erased the 52. She erased the 52 and changed it to a 68 and went back and redid the math in the book so that I could pass high school. So this is that's the that's the young man who then embarked on just if you listen to the other episodes you know I've had a lot of different chaos 
but I should not have graduated high school. So I've carried that with me for a very, very long time in my life. And so if you fast forward to now with, my, with the career that I have and the opportunity that I have to work with some amazingly talented people, I have I've found myself in board meetings or in conferences and or Zoom calls, and that portion of my life I was hanging on to. Dude, you couldn't even graduate high school. You don't deserve to be here. They're going to look at you like you're an idiot. You're, you are not qualified to have these conversations with these people. You couldn't graduate high school without somebody helping you along or giving you a handout. Y'all, I'm going to tell you, that carried with me all the way to 38, 39 years old. As I'm sitting here with you today in this studio, I am just now to the point to where I can openly have these conversations. You see, because I had to spend an entire portion of my life being something that I wasn't and walking around with this sense of self-worth that was that it really just equated to how people thought about me. You know, if these people like me, then I'm good because then I can feel good about myself. You know, I started working on those attributes when I was 33. 33 is really when things started to change. I'm 39 and I'm still working through it. But it wasn't until I would say it started last year that I began to have a uh, a teardown of that little boy inside, um, the one who couldn't graduate high school and the one who could never perform at a high enough standard for any fucking body. I began to tear that down and begin to understand who that was. But this year, I'm able to I'm able to stand with a confidence that I've never had before, and it, it goes back to visiting those times in our life. And going, you know what, that does not define me. That is not who I am because I am finally able to stand in front of whoever, doesn't matter who it is, and accept the fact that I am talented. I do have gifts. I do see things in a different light. And one of my greatest gifts is that I learn super, super fast, which is completely ass backwards from the little boy who couldn't pass math class. I learn things insanely fast. Show me a couple of times. Most of the time, you know, if it's if it's something really complex, it may take two or three times, but I'll grab it. But a lot of times I'm able to do this on the fly, and I'm able to do it really quickly. And so I, I look back and I go, where were these talents when I was younger? Where were these gifts when I was younger? Well, it was a lot like getting a Christmas present from your grandmother. You know, we lo- we all love Momo, right? Our grandmothers are, they're wonderful people and they're just old folks trying to get into heaven at that point in their life. Well, the sentiment of everything that, that grandparents do or that weird uncle, you know, we're appreciative of that. But, you know, when they give us a Christmas gift, it's never the gift of like what your parents are going to give you, you know, or it's never the gift of what your favorite aunt is going to give you. It's always, you know, when I was growing up and, and a lover to death or Lee, it was always some you know, run-of-the-mill, Dollar Tree, Dollar General toy that we're super thankful for, but it wasn't quite, you know, it wasn't Ninja Turtles. You know, it was like Ninja, um, almost Ninja amphibious creatures or something along the, you know, G.I. John instead of G.I. Joe. It was always some off-brand something and because a lot of times it's all one could afford, which is fine. That's neither here nor there the point. The point is, you know, when you start to look at these talents and you look at these gifts in our life and we go, ah, yeah, but it's not a Ninja Turtle, you know, or you got a, a tra- one of those Chinese knockoff Chinese uh, Transformers 
that doesn't even have, you know, all of the moving parts. It's like stiff arms and stiff legs, and it just kind of folds up into a box. You know, if you're a guy, you remember those when you were younger. Um, it's not a transformer. And so I think a lot of times we can get caught up in things in our life and we look at it and we go, yeah, you know, I've got this, I'm kind of artistic, you know, or I kind of understand things, but you know, it's not the gift, you know, it's not the gift that Santa gave me. This is like the Dollar Tree knockoff family dollar version. That's what I got. And that's not what people want when the truth is it's about the, you know, just like Christmas, you know, we've heard it all of our life. It's not about receiving. It's about giving, you know, it's about giving gifts to other people so that they understand that we appreciate them and we love them. And it's not about what we get, but at, at the same time, we can't stress ourselves out because we don't have the financial stability to give the things that we want to give. If you put that in perspective in your own life, sometimes you don't have the mental, emotional, or sometimes physical capacity to give people what they're deserving of but you do have to give your best and that starts with understanding who you are and investing in yourself and embracing the gifts that you have you know we used to do this thing when I was a teenager and I thought it was the absolute dumbest thing on the face of the planet and I hated it it was a bad transition period in my time in my life and my dad we always used to have to make homemade gifts for each other we would have to sit down, draw names, and we had to make a gift for the person that we draw. And I hated that. I thought it was so stupid. Like, I don't even like you people. Why the hell would I make you something? That was my honest-to-God opinion because my dad and I had a rough, a rough relationship in my younger days. I don't like y'all. Why would I make it? You know, I would give anything now to go back and have a conversation with that young kid about that. Because my dad, two things. Uh, we didn't have a whole lot of money, so this was a way to get something meaningful. Uh, I understand the, the significance behind it. But two, he was giving us the opportunity to use our talents and our gifts. We were actually able to gift our gifts. And we have to do that with ourselves. We have to be uh, patient with ourselves. We have to be graceful with ourselves. We have to be merciful with ourselves. We have to begin to understand, you know, I've coined a phrase, and, and, and my guys have done it so well at work, and it's to where I'm at right now, it's where it's got me to, and that's adapt, understand, apply, overcome, and conquer. We have to do that with ourselves all the time. And we have to begin to dive in into what makes, what is our makeup, not our genetic makeup, not our DNA makeup. What is our characteristic, our integrity, you know, our personality, what makes us tick, what makes us up? Because we all have a gift. And if we can find that one gift and begin to hone in on that and do some self-investment, we begin to work ourselves out of something that we didn't even know that we could get out of. Because if we don't, we will always be the little boy sitting in a board meeting going, hey, stupid, you didn't graduate high school. You lied your way through high school, which I didn't lie, but, you know, my, my diploma was a lie. I didn't earn that. I didn't do this. I didn't meet the requirement. How many times have you been that way in your life? I will say this. I had some very influential people coming through school. Gary Evans and Kim Gunn are two people that I would absolutely love to connect with these days. 
Gary Evans changed my life because my freshman year, I'm sorry, sophomore year of high school, he actually saw that I had an artistic talent, but I couldn't accept what he was giving me. And I look back now and that man poured so much love. I mean, we'll just call it love. He poured so much love into my character that I'm thankful for it now. And I look back and I see people that tried to help all along the way. But the the shortcomings, the mistakes, and the misinterpretation of myself wouldn't allow me to begin to accept those things. I had to work through that. And I think I think the reason for this is why I hone in on this today is because I see people all the time that are we're in our, you know, we're getting into our 40s, especially guys, ladies, this is nothing against you. Guys, we don't talk about things, man. We have to be more open about the things that are going on in our life with each other. And then we are able to find out, hey, I'm not alone or I'm not dysfunctional or I'm not broken. Ladies, I'm going to tell you, it's the same thing with you. The more that you're open with the strong, solid. Now, you got to have good people, y'all. You've heard me before. Show me your five. I'll show you your future. But you have to have quality people in those positions in your life. This goes for men and women. If one of your five is telling you, hey, go pull the valve stem out of their tires. They won't be able to go anywhere. Or if they're telling you, hey, if you'll pull the plug out, pour some motor oil in there, put the plug back in. You know, if they're telling you these things, hey, throw some mothballs in the tank. Hey, go cut the brake line. Hey, go key his truck. <clears throat> go spray paint his truck. Put it out on social media. Take your aggression out. Let the world know. Or go into your little private group and then post about it in there. Then you need new people. It's just that plain and simple. People, your circle, your five, the people around you should be uplifting you all of the time. They should be helping you guide you to a better version of yourself. They should be helping you get to a level that you can't get to yourself. And this is not monetary support. Sometimes it looks like that. You know, sometimes people are in positions to where they can help you out monetarily. But I'll tell you this, it's the age old saying, teach a man to fish. He'll never go hungry. Teach a man, give a man a fish. He'll be back for another one or however that saying goes. See, I'm not that smart. I just proved my own point because I can't even quote it. But it's not the stupid little boy that didn't graduate high school telling you that story. It's somebody completely different. Have a solid foundation of people in your life. That's where it starts. So you can't, we were never meant to go through this alone. One of our gifts that we have is to be able to connect with people. And you go, I don't like people. I'm going to tell you this. I don't like people either. As introverted, or I'm sorry, as extroverted as I am, I am one of the world's largest introverts. I do not like talking to people, which is weird because I'm sitting here talking to people. Actually, I'm talking to people who's not even here. I look like a crazy bastard sitting in here. But... I don't like talking, I don't like small talk, but I make myself do it. I make myself get out there. I'm the guy that will try to dodge somebody in Walmart. Depends on what kind of day it is. You know, it depends on what kind of day it is. It's nothing personal. If I've dodged you in Walmart and you notice, it's nothing personal. I want you to know that. It's not because I don't like you. I just don't like people. But at the same time, I have this thing in me to where all I want to do is help people. I want to help somebody understand 
that where they're at right now is not the it's not the end all future that has been written for them. And it's never too late to start. It's never too late to begin to journey down the path of the road to the newer, better, bigger, better version of themselves. So it's like this constant turmoil for me. God, I hate people. I don't want to talk to them. Hey, let's go help a lot of people. Let's go, let's go offer some inspiration. You know, it's, it's a constant battle with me and I have to do that, but I also battle depression, you know? So it's like a, you know, the depression, I, I noticed the trend, you know, that's one of my greatest gifts that have been ever been given to me is depression. Thank you. I appreciate that. It's awesome. You know, they make meds for it, but you know, that stuff still comes around. I, I, I noticed that when I'm in the phases of, man, I really just don't want to talk to anybody today. I really don't want, I got to go to Walmart. God, I hope I don't run into Johnny or Larry or whoever. I hope I don't run into anybody, but I'm able to dive into myself and go, why is that? Why do you feel that way today? What is, what's going on with you? To where you don't want to do that. And a lot of times I'll have conversations with myself in the truck and I go, well, it's because today I'm kind of off. And then I make myself go in or I'll make myself go in and at least smile at somebody. You never know what a smile is going to do for somebody. It causes them to process happiness. And if we can get a little bit of happiness in there, a lot of times it's enough to override a lot of things that are going bad in people's life. So I want to tell you a story real quick. I'm not going to go off. I'm not going to go off on a really long tangent, but I do want to tell you about two Christmases where I spent Christmas Eve in the most finest establishment in Huntsville, Alabama, known as Copper Top Dive. Love that place. Uh, I cannot remember the bartender's name. I was just fixing to say it. Clint. Clint had a uh, Nerf gun behind the counter, and when people would get unruly, he would shoot them with a Nerf gun, and I absolutely loved this place. They had great wings. They don't have great wings anymore. Well, I'll say that. Four years ago, the last time I went, they didn't have they didn't have great wings, but I absolutely loved that bar. It was, uh, was kind of like Cheers, man, where everybody knew your name, and I was there for two Christmas Eves in a row. Um, it's pretty bad. When your only option in life is to spend Christmas Eve in a dive bar one whole city over from where you reside, um, it just wasn't a good time in my life. It wasn't a pretty place to be. I look back now and I, and I realize that. And Copper Top was one of these places where, you know, you had your different crowds. You start at 5 o'clock in the afternoon. You get your people getting off work. You get your construction workers coming in. 6 or 7 o'clock, you get a couple of little couples that are coming out to have a date night, going to eat some food, have a couple of drinks. 8 o'clock, you know, you get the uh, your 40s. You get your 40-year-old people that are coming in there. They're only going to hang out till about 10, 11 o'clock, unless they drink too much, and then they're there till close. But at 10 o'clock, you know, that's when your young crowd's like, all right, it's time to get out of the house. Let's go, you know, it's time to go out and start start our night at 10 at night. I still can't do that anymore. But I remember sitting there one one year, and uh, I was having a conversation with a gentleman that was about my age, and uh, it was a three-way conversation between me and him and the bartender, Clint. And uh, Clint was going through some things where he didn't have his children either, and that's why he was working, and we were kind of talking about the, uh, you know, how it sucks not to have your kids at this time of year. And then the uh, the crowd changed. And the the younger crowd came in, and uh, somebody played "Fairy Tale of New York," which is my absolute favorite Christmas non Christmas song ever. 
Um, I'm a big Irish punk band guy, and I love Fairytale New York by the Pogues. If you've never listened to that, uh, don't, because you probably won't like it. But if you're a Pogues person or if you're an Irish punk, hey, give it a listen. You might like it. And I remember sitting there thinking, like, you know what? There is a huge generational gap between myself and these children uh, I don't want to say, well, children, that's what they were. These younger people that are here, uh, one, the fact that they know the Pogues is fascinating. Uh, two, but we have a lot of commonalities because we're both at this bar on Christmas Eve um, because that's what young people do. You see, you go through this phase when you're younger to where I don't want to hang out with my family. They're boring. They suck. They don't drink. I don't want to be around them on Christmas Eve. I'm going to go hang out with my friends, right? And as you get older, you realize shit, I don't have as many friends as I thought I did, and I'm sitting at a bar by myself on Christmas Eve. But there is a common tie with people that, that spend their time doing that. The common tie, one of the common ties, uh, the whole purpose behind that story is everybody in that bar that night had a talent. They had a gift. They had a gift that was freely given to them, and nobody talked about the gifts that they had. You see, they were either running from something. Well, I think we were all running from something. Let me go back. It's not either or. We were all running from something, whether it was hatred, sadness, anger, depression, happiness, whatever it is that we were running from, everybody was in there running from it together. And we were all in a position and we were all in a state in our life to where we could not acknowledge the gifts that we had. You see, our gifts, I, some of my most, my, there's two gifts that I absolutely love, the practical gifts that I can actually use and the ones that somebody made. Because that means somebody took time out of their life to make something and they thought that I would like it. And there's never going to be another one of those ever on the face of the planet. Those are my two favorite, favorite kind of gifts. So that night, we didn't have the ability collectively as a group in this bar to begin to understand fully the gifts that were in our life. We didn't, we didn't have the ability to, to look at something and go, you know what, I have a practicality in my life that I can operate in right now. I could be investing in myself. I could be identifying my gift further. I could be identifying with these other people in here. There's a whole lot of other things that we could do besides sitting there in that bar listening to Fairy Tale in New York by the Pogues drinking Yingling and then Jack Daniels and then more Yingling and more Jack Daniels and more Yingling. And more Jack Daniels. That's an easier process to do. It's a much easier process to do than it is to begin to dive into ourselves. And I'll tell you this, the number one reason that I have found that people do not begin to dive into themselves, understand and accept the gifts that they have, is one of two things. It scares the shit out of them because they're going to have to give something up or they're going to have to adapt to something that they may or may not agree with. The other side of it is they have no flipping clue how to. I had no idea how to begin to dissect my life and who I was to operate inside my gifts. I had no earthly idea how to do it. And it scared me at the same time. And then I felt stupid because I didn't even understand my own self. I am here to tell you. It is as simple as Google. It is as simple as a self-help book. 
It is as simple as YouTube. It is as simple as a support group. It is simple as opening up to the people that are around you that are close. It is as simple as just taking a minute to yourself in your car in the quietness of the day and go, I have no earthly idea how to start. I have no earthly idea what this looks like. I have no earthly idea how I'm going to get from A to B, let alone all the way down to D, but I'm going to start it. I do want to change this. I do want to invest in myself. I do want to be able to look at my gifts as something to where it's not a GI John. You know, I want to I want to be able to accept that I have a natural talent and I have a natural gift that was freely given to me that I can operate inside of. And I want a better quality of life for myself, not for other people, but for myself. It's as simple as making that commitment to yourself. I promise you it will be the greatest gift you will have ever opened in any Christmas season whatsoever. It's what landed me here. I have no idea how many of you listen to this every week. I have no earthly idea. I don't look at the numbers. I have a general idea of how it goes, but I don't look at the numbers. Quite frankly, I don't care. It's therapeutic for me. This is a challenge to myself to, to continue to build on my confidence and expand on my talents and my gifts that I was given to where I can go out and be more, uh, more effective inside the community. Because, see, now that it's out, if you see me in Walmart, you have the ability to call me out and go, are you just avoiding me? Because I've openly admitted that I have an issue with it. That's what this is for for me. It started last Christmas. It started with a conscious decision to go, you know what? That's what I want to do. You know what? That's where I want to go. And I, it would take hours and days to sit here and tell you about all the other things that I had to work through and invest in. This is just one topic. You know, I didn't know how to do PowerPoint presentations. I taught myself how to do it. I mean, it's that simple. If you're waiting for somebody to come by and give you a manual on how to do something, it's never going to happen. I'm just telling you, it's never going to happen. There is no magic Tinkerbell fairy dust. That's just going to make you wake up one day and go, all right, I'm ready to go do this shit now. It's never going to happen. Since podcast is a hot topic on this one, and obviously because that's what this is, if it's a podcast for you, I'm going to tell you it's really simple. It is super simple. If you're an Apple person, which everyone should be, everybody should be a Mac person. In my opinion, I'm not sponsored. I do use Spotify and some other things for this. It's as simple as GarageBand, man. Just get GarageBand. That's what everything that you hear on anything that I've ever put out is audio. It's done with GarageBand. All of the uh, the the intro musics, all of the breaks, all of the everything is GarageBand. And I taught myself how to use GarageBand. I taught myself how to use GarageBand with Google and YouTube. And I'm still not proficient at it, but it gets the job done. Because if I had sat around and waited for somebody to come along and go, oh, you want to start a podcast? Here, let me show you how to do all of this. Let me teach you this. It would have never happened, dude. Never happened. And I can tell you, I could have spent time and money on learning how to do this, but why on God's green earth would you spend on money on something that is free? You can go get free knowledge. Free knowledge. And this is one of the biggest rackets of all time. Because what have we learned today in this episode? I should not have graduated high school. And it does show, 
I do have to learn things different than other people that went to college. I'm not saying college is, is terrible. I'm just going to say this is one of the biggest rackets, that you can't do things unless you have an authorized, certified education. You don't have to have that. All you have to have is the will, the drive, the grit, and the hard work ethic to go get those things because that's the only difference between you and somebody that went to college. They just had hard work ethic and grit and a little bit more understanding than you did earlier in life, and that's okay. It's great. Some of us learn slower, but it doesn't mean that we can't do that. It starts with you. It starts with you making the decision to, I am going to do this in life, whatever it may be. I want to learn how to shoot. I've never been a gun guy in my life for obvious reasons. If you've ever listened to the show, I'm not big on firearms, but I want to learn how to shoot. Do you know how the only way I'm going to learn how to shoot is go do it and find somebody to mentor me through that process and dive in and begin to understand things on my own. Whatever it is, whatever is holding you back from being the best and better version of you, identify that. Use this holiday season. We got a brand new year coming up. And you hear people talk about that all the time. I've been going to the gym now for a few months, and, I, and I'm in there, and I got a routine, and I cannot I do not look forward to January when all of the resolution people come in. I will be one of those guys. I'm not going to talk about it on Facebook, but I'm going to be the guy in the gym with 400 other people going, what the fuck? Where were you two weeks ago? Get out of here. I got a routine. You're interrupting my routine. Don't be one of those people. Make something, make something stick. Identify in yourself. This is what I want to do and just do it one at a time. You don't have to do 10 steps. Just do one at a time. Take a small success. Take 10 small successes and add them up for a moderately sized success. Then you take 10 more small successes and you add those up for a moderately sized success. And then you take those two moderately sized successes and you make a big success. Quit thinking you got to have it all together. You don't have to understand how to do a podcast to do a podcast. You just got to have the drive and the will and the grit and the hard work ethic to go, that's what I want to go do. And then you're going to have a shit ton of people look at you and go, you are absolutely batshit crazy. Why would anybody listen to you? Then you're going to have a whole other group of people that you did not even know existed. They will come to you and they'll go, you know what? Dude, you've had some insightful things to say for a very long time. I'm proud of you. I will listen to that. And it will completely catch you off guard. Because when you were looking at yourself as a stupid little boy who couldn't graduate high school, they were looking at you in a completely different light. And you didn't even know because you didn't communicate about it. Communication solves 95% of all problems. That's another episode for another day. Communication solves 95% of all problems, communicate with yourself, communicate with God, communicate with your higher power, communicate, just communicate. I don't give a shit who you talk to, just communicate towards the goal that you want to be at. Use this holiday season, use this time to connect with people that maybe you haven't connected with, bounce ideas off of people, but connect with yourself. Take this opportunity to connect with yourself on a level that you didn't even know was possible and then stick with it. This is also an episode for another day, commitment. 
the ability to commit. That is what separates you and everybody else. 2% of all athletes that set out to go, I'm going to play in the majors, make it. 2% of the world's population, people. 2%. What are you doing that's going to separate you, not from everybody else, not from the people around you that you love or the people that you hate? What are you doing that's going to separate yourself from the prior version of you? What are you going to do to be that 2% in the world to get the life that you want, to get the version of you that you want, to have the relationship that you want, to have the, to have the career that you want, to have the hobby that you want, to have the business that you want? What are you going to do to get yourself there? It starts with you, man. It starts with an honest reflection internally of the gifts that you have and operating inside those gifts to whatever capacity that you can and accepting every achievement along the way, big or small. It's going to be a whole lot of small ones. I promise you that. A whole lot of small ones is what's going to add up to be the big ones. It takes you accepting all of that to begin to build a confidence in yourself. Because what we've learned today is you are not a G.I. John. You are not a... Uh, ninja, uh, what did I say? I can't remember what, ninja amphibian person. You're, you're, a, you're a Toys R Us kid, man. That's what you are. You're not none of that cheap family dollar shit. You're good quality made in China toys. You got uh, articulating fingers. You got moving parts. You may even be automated. There's a really cool uh, 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 Optimus Prime out there by Robison, I think it is, a fully transforming thing. You're one of those things, man. You just got to get to a point to where you accept that and you understand that and you begin to work on yourself. I love you guys. I hope you have a great holiday. I hope you have one of the most merriest Christmases that you possibly can. Look, if you find yourself, if you're at, if you're a copper top, man, because you ain't got a whole lot going on in life, take your time. Take your time. Go in. Do the normal. Go do the thing. Go sit at the bar. Go have a couple of drinks. But while you're doing that, let this ring through your head. You are not worthless. You're not broken. You're not defective. You're not a failure. You're not a mistake. You have a purpose in life. You have a gift in life. So go do that. Go sit there. Go sit in that environment. And while you're sitting there, think about that. And then begin to go, this is, I don't want to be in this same position. What can I do to change this? I promise you there is a move that you can make. There is something that you can do to change that circumstance. It's not going to change overnight. It's not going to happen. But you do have something that you can work towards. I hope you guys have a great, great holiday break. Love you. Remember to always be real, be you, and be salt. Go out there and love somebody today, but before you do that, make sure you love yourself. It was Christmas Eve, babe, in the drunk tank. An old man said to me, won't see another one. And then he sang a song. I turn my face away and dreamed about you. God, I'm the lucky one. Came in, they 
Christmas Day. 